Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Buck Rogers is back on the air. Buck and Wilma and all their fascinating friends and mysterious enemies in the super scientific 25th century. This program is brought to you by the makers of Popsicle, Fudgesicle, and Creamsicle, those delicious frozen confections on a stick. Now I have a swell surprise for you. The famous winners of the typical American children's contest have now become Popsicle Pete and Popsicle Polly, and here's a message from them. Hello, everybody. I sure am glad to meet you, and boy am I glad I was picked to be the typical American boy, because now I'm Popsicle Pete. I always wanted to be on the radio, and now I have a chance to tell you about some wonderful presents you can get. Free! Gee, you ought to see them. Hundreds of them. You get them just for saving bags from nifty popsicles, fudgesicles, and creamsicles. Some gifts, even better than Christmas. You can get a wristwatch, a movie camera, table tennis, a wallet, a doll. Gee, lots of gifts. Just save the bags from popsicles, fudgesicles, and creamsicles on a handy stick. Boy, do they taste good. Wholesome, too, and nourishing. Made fresh every day of the finest ingredients. The biggest five cents worth anywhere. And say, kids, get the free illustrated popsicle gift list at your ice cream store. A free coupon comes with it worth ten bags. And now for Buck Rogers and his thrilling adventures, 500 years in the future. As you probably know, Buck was born right here in our own times in this 20th century, and the story of how he got started on his amazing adventures so far in the future is mighty interesting. But instead of telling you about it, let's turn the dial that will project us ahead in time and find out all about it that way. Now, the capital of the 25th century America is Niagara, and there is that Dr. Hewer, the great scientist, has his marvelous laboratory. In one room of it, he's working on a strange-looking device that sends a peculiar greenish light down onto a human figure lying on the table before him. Shall we join him there? Okay, here we go. 500 years in the future. The ray is putting you to sleep. To sleep. Relax, and sleep, sleep, sleep. Good, the rays had its effect. Now, I could go ahead and, uh, er, yes, yes, come in. Ah, oh, hello, Wilma. Hello, Dr. Hewer. My, why don't you have any more light in here? Coming in from outside, I can hardly see a thing in the spooky greenish glow. Part of a little experiment I'm conducting. Oh. But tell me, have you seen anything of Black Barney here in Niagara? Why, no. Hasn't given up his job of Prime Minister on Mars, has he? Oh, no, no. But one of his Martian rocket ship factories has worked out a new control device for me. I rather hope he'd get here with it today. Oh. Meantime, I'm made ready for final tests on this little invention here. Like to stay and see it? I'd love to, Doctor. And you know it. But I just dropped in to find out if you'd seen any of... Oh! Well, well, what's the matter? Doctor, what's happened to him? Eh? Is he alright? Doctor! Oh, I see. <laughs> well, what's happened to him? Why is he lying here on this table? Don't worry, Wilma. Don't worry. Doctor, what are you? He has offered to be the subject of my test, that's all. But then, why is he... He's simply lying here, comfortably asleep, 
under the influence of my electro-hypnotic ray. Oh, I was afraid something had happened to him. Not a thing. Surely you don't think for a minute that I'd do anything to harm... No, of course not. But the electro-hypnotic ray? Are you sure this experiment won't hurt him in any way? Oh, absolutely sure. Well, you can't blame me for being a little shocked for a minute, but what's that thing up near his head? It looks like a miniature power plant with a loudspeaker on top of it. That, Wilmot, is my latest scientific achievement. My newly perfected electrohypnometallophone. Your what? Well, you remember the metalloscope, don't you? Why, sure. When you put a person under the metalloscope, all his memories showed up on a sort of moving picture screen. That's right! And this is an adaptation of it. With this, the electrohypnometallophone, the memories of the subject will come to us verbally through the loudspeaker here. Provided, of course, that my calculations have been correct. Hmm, sort of a read-a-person's-mind-aloud, you mean? Yes, yes, that's it exactly. Where do you ever get ideas for things like this, Dr. Hewer? Surely people don't just barge in and ask for you to work them out. Hardly. The scientific research that led up to the development of this machine was started way back in the 20th century. Why, I always thought that the people back in the 20th century weren't much better than savages. <laughs> and what they knew about scientific things... Oh, no, not at all, Wilma. You owe a great deal to the scientists of those days. Were it not for the great groundwork laid by men like Einstein, Fitzgerald, Compton, Milliken, and the rest, why, we'd be without a great many of the things we have today. They never really got anywhere with rocket ship development, or anything like that, though, did they? Well, successful rocket flight depends on two things that have been brought into existence only recently. One of them must be Inertron. Yes, Inertron. The material that defies gravity and makes it possible to lift a big spaceship off the ground and away from its terrific gravitational pull without too much wasted power. And what's the other? Impervium. The only metal capable of withstanding the high temperature of rocket blast for any length of time. Oh. But now, let's go ahead with this experiment. Yes, let's. And you can tell me how this apparatus works as we go along, and just what it does to him? Well, not very much to tell you about the apparatus itself, Wilma, except that here, in this little pad under his head, is an extremely sensitive and high-frequency response piezoelectric oscillator of, of quite complicated design. Uh, yes, I, I guess so. Yes, and I've succeeded in tuning it to receive the minute electronic impulses that emanate from his brain. Yeah, okay. Through the medium of the super-radiating protonifarmer. Yes, oh, uh, a what? In other words, we're able to obtain sufficient amplification of the impulse's output to register audibly through the process of thurbionic node magnification, and that's all there is to it. I think I'll understand it better when I see this thing work. And I shall be very much disappointed if it doesn't. Don't you worry about that, Doctor. Your inventions always work. I have been rather lucky in most of my scientific experiments, haven't I? Lucky? <laughs> now let's proceed with this one. Alright. Anything I can do to help? No thanks. First of all, we have to switch in the electroniformer.
That electroniforma makes sort of a eerie sound. Yes, and now when I switch on this microphone and speak to him, my words will be registered directly on his brain. Not through his ears, you understand? But directly on his brain. Uh-huh. And if we're successful, we'll receive his subconscious response through the loudspeaker. Go ahead, Doctor. Now. Young man, what is your name? I, I said, what is your name? Buck Rogers. <laughs> Wilma, it works! Uh, but Doctor... My invention's a success! Doctor, what happened? It works even better than I thought it would. Oh, he didn't even move his lips, though. How could we hear him talk if he didn't move his lips? It read his mind aloud, Wilma. It read his mind aloud. It sounded like his real voice, though. <laughs> well, of course, because he thinks of speech in the same manner that he utters it. Great day! It doesn't seem possible. Ask him some more questions. <laughs> yes, yes, by all means, listen. Buck, you were born back in the 20th century, were you not? Yes, sir, but this is the 25th century. You see, Wilma, his memory is preserved intact. May I ask him a question? Surely, go ahead. Go ahead. Buck, Buck. How did you happen to come to the 25th century? One day, in the year 1919, I was in the lower workings of an abandoned mine near the city of Pittsburgh. Yes? When all of a sudden, the supports that held up the walls and ceiling gave away, and the whole thing caved in on me. Yes? Some kind of peculiar gas was released. It put me to sleep. It kept me in a state of suspended animation for 500 years. Then the ground shifted and let in fresh air. And I woke up. Well, how did you know you were in suspended animation for 500 years? Instead of the year 1919, it was the year 24-something. Uh, to be exact, it was 24... Um, how did you know what year it was? I was told about it by Lieutenant Wilma Deering, a beautiful girl soldier I met when I first came to. Oh, <laughs> then you knew Wilma Deering. Doctor! I certainly do. She's the finest and bravest girl who ever lived. Why, Wilma's- Buck Rogers. Uh, yes? Did you, uh, did you find anything new and different when you first came into the 25th century? Oh, a great deal, thanks to Dr. Hewer. Dr. Hewer? The greatest scientist who ever lived. Uh, uh, what was that? Nowhere in the universe is there a scientist who's done so much good for humanity. Or done anything that could ever begin to. Now, 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 wait, wait a minute, Buck. Yes? Just, just forget Dr. Hewer and go on with what you were saying. But he's the man who invented the first rocket ship that took us to the moon. And it was that trip that proved the practicability of interplanetary flight. Proved the practicability of interplanetary flight. Nothing wrong with this machine, Doctor. Where else have you gone by rocket ship, Buck? Well, first to Mars, where we helped King Inaldo put down an invasion by the Martian Tigermen. Then to Saturn, and the Saturnian moons, Venus, Jupiter, and even far-off Pluto. Which planet did you find the most interesting? Well, that's hard to say. Jupiter has the biggest field for exploration, simply because it's so much larger than the rest of the planets. 
Very true. Do you expect to do any more rocketing around the outer space? There's nothing else I'd rather do, sir. Well, my. Do you like my little contraption? It's wonderful, Doctor. I told you it would work. Well, is there anything else you'd like to ask, Buck? I mean, before I turn off this green ray? Nuh-uh. Let's wake him up and see if he remembers anything that happened during the experiment. Alright, go ahead. Alright. Come on, Buck, wake up! Huh? I say wake up! You've been asleep! Asleep? Uh-huh. Oh, hello, Wilma. Hello. Where'd you come from? What are you doing here? I've just been let in on the test of Dr. Hero's electro... er... Uh... electro hypno mentalophone. Yes, that. Oh, doggone it. Instead of helping you with your test, I fell asleep. Say, I'm awfully sorry, Doctor. Sorry? Well, yes, sir. I was going to help you out. I put you to sleep with this machine. Oh, really? Right. I guess that's one on me. Then how did it work? Even better than I expected. Well, good. Oh, it was marvelous, Buck. You told us your whole life history without even opening your mouth. Hey, now, wait a minute. It's alright, Buck. You didn't say a single thing you shouldn't have. Thank goodness for that. Say, let's put Wilma under it. Oh, no you don't. <laughs> you have to do something for excitement around here. Come on, Wilma. You're never satisfied unless there's something exciting going on, are you, Buck? Well, it's not as bad as all that, Doctor. But things have been sort of slow around here lately. Wait until we start making tests of the new type of gyrocosmic relativator I've just devised. A new one? Isn't that the equipment on a rocket ship that makes it possible to take off without much loss of time for pickup? That's right, and without the usual physical effects of too quick acceleration, it moves from your ship the normal effects of weight and inertia and momentum and like. Well, how have you improved the relativator, Doctor? Buck... If this new instrument does what I hope it will, there will be practically no limit to the speed of a rocket ship immediately upon taking off. Good night! Imagine getting into the control cabin, opening the power level, and going a couple thousand miles in an hour. Just like that! That's exactly what we'll be able to do, Wilma. But that hardly seems possible, does it? But when can we test it out, Doctor? Have you already got installed in a rocket ship? Uh, no, Buck. As a matter of fact, I don't even have it yet. Huh? Oh, uh, it's been made up, all right. The one we use for the test, but it isn't right here yet. I don't understand, Doctor. Why, yes, sir. Can't we get it here? The sooner we can get it and start trying it out, the sooner we can break the monotony of just sitting around doing... Well, wait, Buck, listen. Yes, Doctor, I hear it, too. Why, yes, sir, but what under the sun is it? Look here! Out of the window! Good, good heavens! Wilma! It's coming right down this way! Wilma! Say, Buck's wish for excitement certainly came true in a hurry. Great day, I wonder what that was. And I certainly hope he and Wilma and Dr. Hugh are alright. What do you say, Pete? Well, I know it would make me feel alright. A great big frozen fudge-shickle! Jiminy, can you imagine anything better than that fresh, creamy chocolate fudge frozen ice-cold on a stick? Fellows and girls, what's the best, purest nickels worth you can get? Right, a fudgesicle. Delicious and full of helpful energy. Made only from pure milk products. Swell to eat and easy to digest. 
And don't forget to save the bags for those wonderful free prizes. Exciting gifts like cameras, dolls, sweatshirts, gorgeous jewelry, and lots of other things. And listen, kids, be sure to get your free Popsicle gift list at your ice cream store. Don't take no for an answer. Now, in our last episode, you remember Buck, Wilma, and Dr. Hewer were discussing a new instrument for use on a rocket plane when suddenly, well, let's join them there in Dr. Hewer's laboratory, okay? Then here we go, 500 years in the future! Well, wait, Buck, listen. Yes, Doctor, I hear it too. Why, yes, but what under the sun is it? Look here, out of the window. Good, good heavens, Wilma! It's coming right down this way. Wilma! Good night! Come on, folks. Whoever's in that rocket ship out there is gonna need our help. Yes, Buck. Come on! We're with you, Buck. It looked to me like it deliberately cracked up right outside this laboratory. Wilma's right, Buck. It certainly didn't look like a ship out of control. Well, you can hardly call it an ordinary landing. We'd better give whoever's in it... Hey, look. It's a Martian ship. See? The metal door on the side of it has opened. Wait. Wait. It's all right. Wait? All right, Doctor. Why, the people in that ship must be... Wait, Buck, and listen. See, now, isn't that just exactly what I told you it would be? Here we are, safe and sound, all right on time. Why, it's Barney. (laughs) Well, I'll be doggone. I still don't think we need to land that fast, Mr. Barney. Oh, and Willie's with him. You see, you made me skid my knee against the control board. Well, what difference does that make? We had to get down here in a hurry, didn't we? My knee hurts, too. And the only way was to land in a hurry, huh? See? Say, you did get kind of scratched up there now, didn't you? Yes, sir. Here now, Willie. You just put your arm around my shoulder and I'll carry you right straight over to a hospital, yeah? Oh, it doesn't hurt that bad, Mr. Barney. What do you mean, it ain't hurt that bad? Only I thought maybe you didn't care. Oh. And anyhow, what about that important package you have on here for Dr. Hewer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yes, sir. We'd better get that gyro thing in Dr. Keyword's laboratory right away, right this minute. We'll take care of it, Barney. Huh? Oh, hello, Dr. Keyword. Hey! Say, Doctor, how did you know we got, got here? <laughs> Don't worry, Barney. After that landing, the whole city knows you're here. I should say so. It's a wonder you didn't break your neck. Well, Dr. Hewer was in a hurry to get a hold of that gyro thing we brought down from Mars, so I figured the quicker we'd land with it, the better. Well, I... I hope it's alright after that landing. Oh, sure it is, Doctor. I got it stowed away in the shock insulator storage cabinet. Fine. My suggestion is we fly right over to the spaceport. We'll have the gyrocosmic relativator installed on a ship I have waiting for me over there. Oh, good. Then can we go right ahead and test it out? Yes, but Willie here needs to expose her bruised knee to a healing ray for a few minutes. Oh, that's all right, Lieutenant Wilma. No, sir. Now, Willie, you do what Lieutenant Wilma says to do. It doesn't hurt, though. Much. I'll tell you what, Barney. My little rocket roadster is parked out back of the laboratory building. Yeah? So you and Willie hop into that and go over to the hospital where they take care of that bruised knee. 
And meanwhile, we'll three take this ship of yours over to the spaceport and install the gyrocosmic relativator on whatever sort of craft Dr. Hewer has waiting for it over here. Okay, Captain Rogers, we'll do it. Come on, Willie. Yes, sir. See you later. All right, Willie. Only, wait a minute, Do listen, Doctor. Yes, Barney. Are you, are you three going to try out that gyro thing, or are you going to have somebody else do it for you? <laughs> Why, we'll do it, of course. Well, uh, are you sure it won't be too dangerous, Doctor? <laughs> Danger? <laughs> oh, 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 no, no. Don't you laugh, Doctor. If it'll do all the things you told me by radio it would do, why, it sounds to me like it might be dangerous for stuff. Oh, no, 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 not at all. And if you hustle over to the hospital with Willie, you can probably get out to the spaceport before we take off there. Doctor, okay. Come on, Willie. Come on, Wilma. Doctor, let's get aboard here and over to the spaceport. Yes, Buck. Now is the time to test this gyrocosmic relativator here. I'm almost as excited as you appear to be. All set, Buck. Close the metal door. Want to take the controls, Doctor? All right, Buck. Here we go. Huh, never know this ship had been through that crash landing, would you? Well, I don't know whether you noticed it, Buck, but all these Martian ships are made very solidly. Yeah, that's true. They're, they're not very fast, but tough. Well, isn't that perfectly natural? They're all made under Barney's supervision. But while you're steering us over to the spaceport, Doctor, I'm going to unpack the gyrocosmic relevator back here. Then we can begin installation on the other ship just as soon as we get there. That's a good idea, Buck. And I'll radio ahead to Joe Martin there at the spaceport. Have better tools ready in order to save time. Calling Joe Martin at spaceport. This is Dr. Hewer calling Joe Martin at spaceport. Have your men placed the bank of photoelectric cells into that aperture in the rocket engine? Yes, sir, Dr. York. All right, Al. Swing it over here. And as soon as you're through with the installation, have this machinery cleared away. Yes, sir. It should be all set for the tryout in a couple of minutes now, shouldn't it, Doctor? Yes, Buck. Just as soon as they finish loading down that side plate. Oh, good. I'm anxious to get started with this experimental flight. I wonder if Barney and Willie will get here before we take off. Barney apparently was quite interested in the gyrocosmic relativator. Now how about this power line, Doctor? Plug it into the outlet number one there, Buck. Alright, sir. There it is, Doctor. It's all right. Uh-oh. What's the matter, Buck? Oh, nothing. I just scratched the back of my hand. That's all. All ready for the takeoff now, Doctor. That's fine, Joe. Tell your men to clear away and we'll go right out. Yes, sir. They're on their way back to the main hangar now. Good. Well, Buck, Wilma? Look here, Buck. You've taken a really big piece of skin off the back of your hand. Forget it. Let's get up in the air and end this rocket ship. Sir, you're as bad as Willie was. Joe? Yes, Lieutenant. Don't you have a healing ray in your office? Oh, sure, Lieutenant. Oh, forget it, Wilma. I'll be all right. No, sir. Come on over to my office with me. We'll put your hand under the healing ray for a minute. Well, but... Oh, okay. I'll go along with you so I can report to Central Radio Bureau and tell them where we are. It's this way, right over here. It's silly to worry about a little scratch like this, Wilma. I'm anxious to get aloft with that gyrocosmic relativator on the ship. Right in here, Lieutenant Wilma. The healing ray is right there in the corner. Yeah, 
Buck, now put your hand under it while I turn it on. Okay. There now, and don't turn it off until your hand is completely healed. Now let's see, where is this radio unit of yours, Joe? Right here, Doctor. Oh, excuse me, sir. There's a call coming in on it now. Central Spaceport, Joe Martin speaking. Central Radio Bureau, you seen anything of Dr. Hewer? We've been trying to locate him all over the city. Why, sure. He's right here. Here, Doctor. This call's for you. Oh, thank you. This is Dr. Hewer. Urgent message for you, Dr. Hewer, from the captain of the rocket police. Yes? It says that one of the air guards just discovered that your laboratory has been forcibly entered and completely ransacked. What? Why, I just left there a few minutes ago. It was only discovered a couple minutes ago. Shall I tell the captain you'll be right over? No, no. As long as the rocket police are already there, no more damage will be done. I'm engaged in a very important experiment here that I can't leave at the moment. I'll go back to my laboratory as soon as I'm finished with it. Meantime, they'll know what measures need to be taken and can proceed accordingly. Shining off. Signing off. Well, I can't say I like that. Say, maybe we'd better postpone this test, Doctor. No, no, Buck. It's the most important thing we have at hand right now, and we'd better go through with it. Well, whatever you say. I wonder who could have done it. Surely Black Barney wouldn't have. Powerful old Barney might absentmindedly pull a locked door off his hinges to get in, but certainly he wouldn't be involved in ransacking my laboratory. And anyhow, he's probably out of the test ship wondering why we don't get started. Yes. Well then, come along. Better wait a second, Doctor. It may be another call for you. Central Spaceport. Oh yes, sir. It's for you, Captain Rogers. Okay, Joe. Thanks. Buck Rogers speaking. Central Radio, Captain. Order from the Office of the President. The entire Rocket Police fleet has been placed at your disposal. What? All regular patrol ships are standing by awaiting your orders. We have full authority to proceed along any lines you may see fit. Now wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this because of the trouble of Dr. Hewer's laboratory? Something happened to one of the guards at the municipal prison. The automatic alarm system was completely wrecked and the guard found lying in the storage room under the effects of a paralysis ray. Great Scott, man, who did it? Killer Kane and Ardela, and they've escaped. Doctor, Wilma, did you hear that? Yes, Buck. The worst criminals the solar system has ever known. How could Kane and Ardela have escaped? I don't know, but one thing's sure. We're going to have to call off this test flight. Not at all, Buck. Huh? Now we must go ahead with it. But, Doctor... It would take far more than the ordinary rocket ship to track down that pair. And that's exactly what our gyrocosmic relativator will provide. Dr. Hewer's right, Buck. Okay, then. Come on. Let's go. There's a ship just waiting for us, and we can take off in it immediately. Well, come on. No, look! There it goes. There goes our ship! Well, somebody beat them to it. If you ask me, there's trouble ahead for our friends. Now listen, girls. Is each day bringing you closer to those wonderful presents Popsicle Pete picked out for you? Are you saving bags for books and cameras, musical instruments, fishing tackle, dolls, jewelry, all the exciting things you want? Save bags every day from Popsicle, Fudgesicle, and Creamsicle. You'll soon have just the gift you want. Say, kids, did you ever try a Creamsicle? Gee, it's wonderful. A great big chunk of delicious ice cream on a stick coated with thick, chewy butterscotch. Or you can get Creamsicle coated with chocolate fudge or fresh fruit flavors. Wholesome, too. 
full of the kind of nourishment we all need, and only a nickel for a great big creamsicle on a handy stick. And don't forget to save the bags for those swell gifts. Buck Rogers, Episodes 1 and 2, originally aired in 1932. Our production, under the direction of Abby Jeremiah, starred Joseph Tebal as Buck Rogers, Grace Shepard as Wilma Deering, and Micah Burris as Dr. Hewer. Featured in tonight's cast were Jaden Cruzan, Amber Hebbard, Theory Boo, Emily Beckler, Lily Sandner, Simeon Erlinson, and Savannah Story. Roman Winslow was the stage manager, and Nicholas Sandner was the sound engineer and creative supervisor. Thank you for joining us 500 years in the future. This is Mia Jeremiah speaking. You're tuned to MCHS Drama Radio. Join us next week as we bring you an original adaptation of War of the Worlds. MCHS Drama thanks our local radio stations for supporting us by playing these radio dramas. We hope you are enjoying listening to them as much as we are enjoying creating them. We are excited to announce our upcoming fall production of The Crucible, the true story of the Salem Witch Trials of 1692. In order to accommodate the pandemic, we will be performing our play at the brand new stage at Montezuma Park on the corner of Montezuma and Market Street on November 13th, 14th, 20th, and 21st at 7 p.m. and November 14th and 21st at 2 p.m. Bring your own lawn chairs and blankets to enjoy Arthur Miller's classic, The Crucible, Under the Stars. If the chilly weather is not for you, we will also be streaming the performance online at the same time. Tickets and streaming passes are available on our website, mchsdrama.org. MCHS Drama hopes you enjoy the remainder of our radio dramas through October and plan to join us in November for The Crucible at Montezuma Park. Thank you for listening.